Thursday afternoon, a rare late afternoon podcast. No game today, but we had to come and record a podcast. We bolted to the studio. Matt Matawarren, my co-host, is at a private location that will not be disclosed as he's doing a podcast. I raced home and I'm ready to go. Unfortunately, it's bad news, Matt Matawarren, that we have to do a podcast today. But before we get into it, how are you, my friend? Sports Ethos, Clippers Nation, Brandon Marcus, how the heck are you? I'm here at the undisclosed location, and I'm crestfallen by yeah. the events of last night. Yeah, yeah, I got to tell you. So first of all, for everyone listening, Matt's audio does sound a little bit different because he is in that undisclosed location, so he doesn't quite have his mic, but we wanted to, get a record, we wanted to record a podcast to get out to you. So he does sound a little bit echoey, but honestly, you still sound great, Matt, so not a problem. Um I, I can neither I can neither confirm nor deny I'm in the bat cave. There you um, go. We'll put it at that. Yeah, understandable. Yeah, you know that the, uh, I can. I always thought that you could perhaps could pull off the uh, Batman routine, and I don't. I don't know. I could see you there fighting off dogs that are jumping at you in your Batman suit. It, it's possible. But uh, uh, back to the bad news. Um, as much as I'd like to sit here and discuss Batman all night. Uh, I got to admit that I went to bed. Um, I went to bed in the fourth quarter um, and I didn't watch the end. And I woke up and I had a Woj tweet because I get his tweets sent as text messages, basically, with the alerts that uh, PG hurt himself. And I said, oh, crap. And then I went and I went on Twitter and I saw and people saying it was a knee injury. And I said, oh, crap, again. And not good. Not good at all. We got the news today that PG is going to be reevaluated in two to three weeks. And before we get into the actual injury and what it means, I do want people to understand that for those of you that don't follow me on Twitter, I tweeted this earlier. So if you do follow me, this will be something you've seen before. Reevaluate does not mean that someone will return in two to three weeks. It means that's when they're going to be reevaluated. Zion Williamson is going to be reevaluated in two weeks. That does not mean that he's going to return to the court in two weeks. So PG will not be returning to the court in two, th- two to three weeks. I would be stunned. Now, I also want to add that the Clippers are very, very bad when it comes to actually revealing what's going on with injuries and how long people are going to be out. We have no idea how long Norm Powell is going to be out. And like you tweeted earlier and what I alluded to in one of my tweets was that we had no idea that Kawhi Leonard actually tore his ACL during the playoffs a couple of years ago. We got a sprained knee, I believe, is what it was being reported as. And he tore his ACL. Everyone was going series to series. Perhaps Kawhi would come back if they made the finals. Well, he would have never come back because he tore his ACL. Now with PG, is it possibly tore his ACL? Yeah, it's possible. Um, is it unlikely given the fact that they actually put a timeline on of two to three weeks for reevaluation? Yeah, it's unlikely. But it, it's a bad injury. And my first take on it, Matt, and then I want to hear yours, is that I never thought the Clippers had a chance to win it this year. I mean, I, I, I always got pulled in for people who have listened to this podcast. They know that I just didn't think this, this team could put it together. And I thought they're going to lose to the Warriors. They won. And then they went and lost a game yesterday that they had no business being close in against a Thunder team that's now won three in a row against them. But when I first saw the news, my I had relief, and the reason why I had relief is because it means the Clippers have a chance to do something next year, and they have a chance to figure this out, and whether that means bringing in a new coach or whatever it is, they have a chance to have Kawhi and PG healthy to start the season next year, which would not have been the case 
if it was a torn ACL for PG and we were sitting here waiting to see if he's going to come back for the playoffs next year. So my first thing was relief and it's basically season over this year. Um, but we'll get into it a little bit more curious to hear your first impression. So I was watching the game last night when it happened. Um, and when he went down, it, I thought, cause you couldn't see it, uh, in the live action, or at least I did. And I thought he got, got hit in the face or something. That's kind of the way he went down and maybe he grabbed at his face just because he was screaming in anguish. But when they showed, when they showed the baseline angle where you saw his knee just buckle and bend completely the wrong way, um, I threw my hands up in the air and I honestly thought I was like, okay, well that's this season and probably next season. That was the first thing that came to my mind. I had sh- shades of when he hurt his leg in uh, Olympic uh, game practice uh, years ago. I was like, Paul George is no stranger as I tweeted out to lower leg injuries. So this is devastating. So I, I thought I thought worst case scenario. That was the that the first thing that came to my mind. So I'm with you. When I found out the news that it was a knee sprain, and like I said, and like you said, the Clippers medical staff is as, like about as transparent as a wall here in the Batcave. Mm-hmm. They just they don't give anything away. Um, I, I don't even think we knew that Kawhi uh, went, went under the knife until like July. And when did he hurt his knee? It was in that, it was the second round of the playoffs against the Jazz. So I, I was actually going back to some old. I was looking through hoops hype. Just because they have a list of uh, tweets that are uh, talking about Kawhi's ACL injury, and he was like, "Maybe is he going to play in uh, Game Five of the Western Conference Finals? If it goes to the finals, he'll probably play, or he could play, you know." And that was obviously not going to happen. So we can only take take it at face value about what the Clippers are saying about Paul George's knee. I don't see any way, shape, or form he comes back this season. I mean, obviously not this regular season. That's out the window. I don't think he's coming back for the playoffs. I highly, 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 highly doubt it. And in saying that, I know our, our guy, our, our good our good buddy Kendrick Perkins, uh, today on PTI seems to think that the Clippers are still in great shape. Still yeah. in great shape in the playoffs. So his track record of takes, you know, we, we all know about. I don't think they are in great shape for the playoffs, Brandon. I think this season is pretty much a sunk cost. You know, as great as Kawhi is playing, as deep as the team is, Norm Powell coming back pretty soon. It, I, I just can't happen. I don't think Kawhi can shoulder this whole this whole team throughout the playoffs. Perhaps, like you said earlier when we were texting, should the Clippers find themselves in a six-three matchup, maybe Kawhi can shoulder the load, get them through a round. But to ask to ask for three rounds and then the finals, no, it's yeah. not going to happen. It's not going to happen that way. So yes, next year, now there's now you know the it, it's rainy here in Los Angeles. The clouds parted a bit. There's a ray of hope for next year. I I want to every single fiber in my being wants to hold keep optimism for this season, this current season that we're having right now. And I'm finding it really hard, Brandon, to hang on, if not impossible. Yeah, me too. And like you said, um, when we were texting, we said, all right, if they fall to that sixth spot, then perhaps you have a chance of Kawhi leading you against Sacramento. But then you look even further, and let's not assume they're going to be in that sixth spot. And let's not assume they're going to make the playoffs, because this is a team now that doesn't have, does not have Norm Powell. We do not know when he's going to return. If he returns soon, that's going to change things a lot, because the Clippers need a guy like Norm Powell that can score and help them offensively. Now, you look at the Clippers' schedule, and it's not easy. I mean, it is not easy at all what's ahead. 
and there are a lot of road games. You and I mentioned the other day that they've got that Memphis um, back-to-back, which is not going to be easy at all. And you just wonder, with the Clippers, do they have enough to get over the finish line to make the playoffs? Because right now, they are one and a half back of the play-in, or rather one and a half up in the play-in. So they're the five seed. They're ten and a half back of first place, so that doesn't matter. Ten and a half back, then Golden State's eleven and a half. Oklahoma City twelve, Dallas twelve, Minnesota twelve and a half, Utah twelve and a half, Lakers thirteen. So the Clippers are currently two and a half up on the Lakers for the last play in spot. Now, I mentioned the schedule. Oh against OKC tomorrow, New Orleans on Saturday, Chicago on Monday. I said you have four home games. There's no reason why you shouldn't win at least three. Now you hope the Clippers can win win at least two. Um, because OKC has proven that they're going to be a pain in the neck. And you just never know what's going to happen in New Orleans. Then you have those two games in Memphis, which both could be losses. Then you're at New Orleans, which could be a loss. You're at home against the Lakers in Portland, which both could be wins. So you hope the Clippers can get at least five wins. I think if they can get at least five wins, it's possible they avoid that play-in. But again, and I feel like a broken record here, Matt, that those losses earlier in the season are now going to catch up to the Clippers because now you have even more of a larger load that has to be carried upon the shoulders of Mr. Kawhi Leonard. And this is the regular season. We're not even in the postseason yet. Imagine what is going to be asked of him come postseason time. And now you run the risk of him getting hurt because PG's out, so you're going to have even more pressure on him to produce. And especially if there's no Norm Powell, then offensively, I mean... You don't have a whole lot there that's going to ignite the offense. Now, that being said, this should mean more minutes for Terrence Mann. This should mean more minutes for Robert Covington. So as bad as it is offensively for the Clippers, this may help them defensively. And I do have a little bit of optimism here that we're going to get to the end of the regular season and we're going to say that Terrence Mann and Robert Covington saved the Clippers. I think that's very possible. Mark those words down right now that I think that we may see at the end of the year. Robert Covington and Terrence Mann are the two guys that saved the Clippers. And everybody in Clippers Nation that has been asking for those two guys is going to say, see, I told you so. Because those two guys are going to have a huge impact, I think, down the stretch. What say you? Ooh, I love, I love, love. I'm marking it down right now. I'm writing it down everywhere. Bobkov coming off a one of eight performance last night, coming back strong to save the Clippers. I love it. Uh, and you mentioned, you mentioned this helped the team defensively. This upcoming stretch of games that you just mentioned, while I have it pulled up here in front of me so I don't forget, every single team, and I'm looking at, I'm looking at a last 15-game uh, sample size, the Bulls, even the Lakers, the Grizzlies, of course, the Pelicans, yes, the Suns, and the Thunder, all top 10 in defense over the past 15 games. So that is not, that is going to be no easy task, no matter what you think of any of those t- upcoming teams that we are playing. So while it may help the Clippers defensively uh, with Bobkov and T-Man rotating in, they're going to need an offensive punch, and that offensive punch's name is going to need to be Norman Powell should he be coming back anytime soon. And if it's not Norm, EG is going to have to step up. Senior is going to have to find his shot once again. And Kawhi's just going to have to do just about everything. Yeah. So I, it's going to be tough, man. And you're going to see Westbrook carry a much bigger load offensively than you ever wanted him to carry. Because you look at that starting oh, yeah. lineup. And 
I do wonder if Eric Gordon is the guy that comes into that starting lineup instead of Terrence Mann. I think that'll be really interesting to see what Ty Lue does. He started Eric Gordon when Kawhi was sitting. Does he start Eric Gordon now with no with no PG? I think it's very possible that's what happens. So you have Westbrook, Eric Gordon, Morris, Kawhi, and Zoo. And so offensively on the perimeter, you're going to have Gordon, you're going to have Kawhi, and you're going to have Morris. You're going to need Morris to be a lot better than what he's done so far. And you're going to need Batum and Mann and Robert Covington and hopefully Powell to contribute off the bench for the Clippers and give them some of that offense. But it's possible that the Clippers get through this regular season and can avoid the play-in. It just does worry me come playoff time when you need to get points when Kawhi is sitting on the bench. We know how important certain stretches are in the postseason where if you go quiet for a three- to five-minute stretch – that can lose you games. And I think that very much could be the possibility of happening with the Clippers. If Kawhi sits on the bench for, let's say, eight to ten minutes a game, the Clippers could get destroyed in those minutes. And so we'll see what happens to Norm Powell. I think he'll be very important to add to this team to help them just a little bit. And when Kawhi is sitting, they're going to need to hang their hat on their defense. It's going to need to be the defense and low-scoring affairs when Kawhi is sitting, and then let him come back in and ignite the offense. And they're going to need to ask a lot from Nick Batum as well, who we didn't mention. Yeah, There's going to be a lot put on his shoulders, his shot-making, uh, his defense, and uh, playmaking as well. So a lot, just everybody is going to have to lift up their game, and everybody's going to honestly have to play at their best, at their peak. Otherwise, there is no chance. You mentioned senior. Man, he's really got to get back to form, and he's got to get back to form quick. Yeah, you mentioned how everybody needs to chip in. I think that's a really good way to say it because there are certain people that are going to say, okay, who needs to step up now? And the answer is everybody. Everybody needs to step up for the Clippers. With no Paul George, there's a lot of production that's going to fall by the wayside that needs to be picked up. And you need to figure out who's going to be those those guys that can get that scoring punch, who can be those guys that provide the facilitating that Kawhi was doing when, Kawhi, when uh, PG was on the floor and Kawhi was sitting. Who's going to be that guy that produces? And yesterday, Westbrook showed a little bit of it. He was 6 of 10 from the field. But there are guys that need to step up. And I didn't mention Plumlee. Plumlee's going to have to help out in that second unit. He's going to need to be good defensively, and he has not been great defensively. He's shown energy. But Covington, Mann, Batum, Gordon, those guys are going to need to step up. And we'll see if the Clippers can put together a total team effort because that's what's going to need to be now. It's going to need to be a total team effort. But... I don't think it looks good, um, but I am relieved that it's not something, hopefully, cross my fingers, it's not something very serious that could sideline PG next year. Because think about this. If you did want to trade Paul George and you did want to build around Kawhi Leonard next year because you thought that, hey, PG and Kawhi together don't work, which who knows? I mean, they, there's a small sample size um, this year, and the smaller sample size than you would have liked. Then a major injury to PG, you're never trading him. Now there's a possibility maybe that you do and you can. That being said, those words that just came out of my mouth, the thought that came to my head when I said those words, perhaps the Clippers are playing coy because there is a serious injury and they don't want it to be blown up. But guess what? Teams are going to do medicals, so it doesn't matter. Um, if a trade does happen, I mean, you're going to need to see PG come back healthy. You're going to need to see a medical. So there's no sense in hiding what's going on right now. So we'll see. We'll see. It's it's not great times in Clipperland, and there's going to be, a, I think, a lot more questions that are going to be asked um, than this time last year, which is a little bit scary, Matt. And what's crazy is, and I agree with you 100%, what's crazy is 
Well, this is what is year four of the Kawhi PG experiment, and you're right. It's a small sample size. A small sample size. The guys have been the guys have been together for four years, and we just have not seen them on the floor enough to really get an idea of what this team could be. I mean, we truly haven't. Uh, every time they're on the floor together and they start clicking, like the, it seems like they were moving towards now. Something like this happens. Paul George does a 360 in-game dunk. Moments later, he hurts his knee. So it's yeah. just why can't we have nice things? Unfortunately, we are Clippers fans, and that's why we can't have nice things. It's just the way it goes. And it's it's interesting because I think what you and I were talking about earlier when we were texting is that this season has just been so draining and so depressing. And this has kind of been the candle on the cake here, this PG injury. And you look at what the Clippers have done this year, and I feel like whenever there's a win, there's still something you and I are discussing and complaining about, whether it be – the minutes for Terrence Mann, whether it be Robert Covington versus Marcus Morris, whether it be the fact the Clippers are going small way too often, whether it be the fact the Clippers are not playing Terrence Mann at point guard and they're going getting Russell Westbrook and going 0-5 in his first five games. There's so many little things, and it's it's really depressing to see the Clippers' record right now, and they've had Kawhi and PG available for more games than they did last year, and still... The Clippers are sitting at 38 and 35. Like they are way underachieving this year. And it hasn't been fun to watch, Matt. It has not been fun at all to watch this team. And you look at last year's team, and Robert Flum does a great job with 213 hoops. He posted a tweet earlier today. The Clippers team is 38 and 35 this year with 56 games of PG and 44 of Kawhi. Then last year, the team was 42 and 40, which means that. In order for this Clippers team to match that, they have to go 4-5 and five in their final nine, which is basically what they're going to end up, it seems. 31 games of Paul George, which is 25 less than last year, and or 25 less than this year, and zero from Kawhi, and Kawhi's played 44-plus this year. Like, that's bad. Like, this season's been such a disappointment, given the fact that they didn't really have PG last year, they didn't have Kawhi at all, and they had those two guys this year, as much as we want to say there was a limited sample size, they were still around this year, Matt, and... A lot of losses came. It's been really upsetting to watch this season. So frustrating and just like you said, draining, excruciatingly exhausting, I think is what I is what I texted you earlier today. And it is because you watch these games and even in the wins, like I, it's it's 30, 38 and 35, and it's a week 38 and 35. I can't think you'd be hard pressed to have a handful of decisive wins right this season from the Clippers. Even the wins, like you said, there's there's just something lacking. It, there's there's no killer mentality. Uh, they wouldn't put their foot down on anybody's throats. Didn't seem like there's always that feel. I mean, as a Clippers fan, there's always the feeling that the other team is gonna have is gonna come back. But this year, it was true. How many times have we blown leads? And even when we did win, it's after a blown lead we have to regain the lead, or the Clippers barely pull out the victory. It goes into OT. It goes into double OT. It's just there. There was no no decisiveness. And that kind of showed, I mean, give no quarter. Like There was no decisive quarter, I'll tell you that, this season, unfortunately. Yeah, it just seems like the Clippers just vastly underachieved this year. And they had guys healthy for short stretches. Um, the start of the season was a disaster with Kawhi coming off the bench and trying to fit him in. He had just started to turn the corner in the last couple of months, looking like a machine again. And then we, we laud praise on PG in the last podcast, talking about the adjustments he's made. And 
he started to do that again. Uh, and unfortunately, here we go with this injury where he's going to be reevaluated in two to three weeks with a knee injury. And it, it's not great. It's not great. So uh, I think we covered most of like what he, what's going to happen in terms of who needs to step up and what this kind of means going forward. I think we're going to kind of need a bigger sample size going forward of what this t- rotation is going to look like, whether Robert Covington will indeed be involved or Bones Highland perhaps is going to get minutes instead of Robert Covington in some games. But it's just sad. I want to be able to do this podcast. Any more thoughts you got on this injury or the rotations or anything else? Well, I'm just happy you used the, the term going forward because, I mean, while, while this does sound and in many ways it is a eulogy for this Clippers season, there are still nine games left mm-hmm. that we are going to watch. There are going to be things to learn, things to glean, uh, and there is going to be a playoffs, we hope, a play-in or a playoffs. I don't think there's any chance of them falling out of the plane unless it just completely falls apart, which I don't think is happening. So we are going to want to pay attention and watch these games moving forward. And, you know, maybe maybe by some addition, by subtraction, not, not in any way, shape, or form in talent, but maybe it'll galvanize the guys and there'll be some actual fun, some camaraderie on the court that we can watch, you know, that's what we can hope for at least. Yeah. As doom as, as doom and gloom as I am, um, I can't get the thought away from my head that this team is actually going to be better going forward because they're going to play guys that should have been playing in the first place. And the issue is, is that you're not going to get that shot creation and that three point shooting that PG was providing you. But I think Terrence Mann means so much to this team with his energy and his athleticism that if he's playing well, and he's shooting well, and if Robert Covington does indeed enter this rotation again, and his defense and his energy helps the Clippers, and he's able to make shots. I mean, let's you mentioned yesterday's performance. The guy barely plays. So for him to just suddenly come in and be asked to take that many shots, I, I don't blame the guy for doing as poorly as he did from the field. But I, I really do think that a lot of this does hinge on Norm Powell. I think he needs to come back. They need the offensive punch off the bench. You know that Batum and Robert Covington and Terrence Mann, those guys can all provide defense and can give you different things from three-point range. But I think if you're going to start Eric Gordon, you really need Norm Powell to come back and be that scoring punch off the bench or else your bench is going to be in big trouble. So we'll see what this means for the bench going forward. I think, like I said, they're going to need to rely a lot more on their defense, um, especially in that second unit. But... Uh, I don't know. I, I don't know what this means for the Clippers. I'm, I'm very curious to see how they respond and if they do rally around PG, like you said, and they're able to put the pieces together and perhaps they end up surprising us. I'm, I'm still keeping that door open just because, A, I'm a Clippers fan, and as negative as I might sound at times, I obviously want this team to win, and I want to be surprised, and I want to enjoy rooting and watching this team, and that has not been the case so many times this year, and if this team can battle and show the grit and energy that we want them to show, then perhaps that we can all buy in and this team can make a run. Yeah. Let's hope, let's hope that's the case because man, would it be fun to, you know, in spite of this Paul George injury, which of course is horrible. If we could get some, if we could end this season with some fun and with some, some positive play out there on the court and move into the playoffs with a little momentum, Somehow, some way, as Clippers fans, yeah, of course, we would love it. Yeah, no doubt. So the next game is going to be tomorrow. I mentioned that we might have a podcast coming at you on Friday. That's probably unlikely now that we did another one here today. 
So perhaps we'll get one at the weekend um, after that New Orleans game because the New Orleans game is Saturday night. So perhaps on Sunday we'll try and get you a new podcast and we'll see how the Clippers look in their first couple of games without Paul George. Remember, you can follow Matt Mattawarren on Twitter at Matt Mattawarren. You can follow me on Twitter at BD Marcus. If you can rate and review the podcast, it would be greatly appreciated. I actually went through and I read a lot of the reviews today on iTunes. They're very much appreciated. If you can give us that five-star rating, helps the podcast grow. Ethos Clippers is the Twitter handle for the Ethos Clippers podcast on Twitter. Remember, you can always interact with the two of us on Twitter. We do tend to answer pretty much everybody that reaches out to us. So feel free to re- uh, react. Tell us how you feel about this injury. And uh, we're hoping to hear from you and glad to have you listening. So until next time, he's Matt. I'm Brandon. And go Clips. Go Clips.